AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hello, and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike, and today we have a listener-inspired topic. We are covering the subject that's going to appeal to so many people, movies to watch after you just woke up from a 10-year coma. I'll explain the rules on the topic today. In the movie review, we'll talk about one of the most exhilarating movies I've seen in the last five years, Emily the Criminal, starring Aubrey Plaza, who I feel is an underrated actress, and I'll get more into that. And then in the trailer park... We have a new Zac Efron movie coming to Apple TV Plus called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. And the premise sounds completely ridiculous, but it is based on a true story. So it has me a little bit more curious to see what old Zac Efron is up to. Thanks, everybody, for being subscribed to the podcast, listening every single Monday. Shout out to the Monday Morning Movie Crew. Let's talk movies. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast. One man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. So I love it when you send in questions, and this week's topic is inspired by a tweet I got from at my father hates me, which is an excellent Twitter handle. I would love to unpack the psychology behind that Twitter handle, but that's probably for a different podcast. But they wrote from at my father hates me, movie Mike, someone comes out of a 10 year coma. What five movies do you recommend they see? Now, not only was it hard for me to do just five, but I thought this would be a great podcast topic. So I decided to extend it to 10. The rules I put into place for this list is hypothetically this person who went into a coma I'm having them go in on January 1st, 2012. So they didn't see any movie that came out in 2012 and they woke up yesterday. Those are the rules I made up and I'm playing by. So basically it goes January 1st, this person goes into a coma. 
And then yesterday they woke up, oh man, oh, what a coma. I should probably catch up on a lot of life things, but uh, hey, Movie Mike, what movie should I watch? This is what I would recommend. And when I put this list together, I didn't just want to include my favorite movies. I thought of this person who just woke up and missed out on 10 years of film. So this list isn't necessarily my top 10 movies of the last 10 years. It's more if I was curating a list, if I was stacking up literal like Blu-rays or queuing up a streaming playlist for movies, these are the movies I would pick to take them on the entire wave of emotions I felt in the last 10 years. You gotta have the big triumphant cinematic moments. You have to have some of the emotional moments. You have to have some of the heartwarming moments. Gotta throw in some scares in there. So I put this from 10 to one as kind of how I would curate this movie watching playlist. Without a doubt, there will be some honorable mentions and I even pulled some that you submitted in on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So let's get into the list. At number 10, I'm gonna put Top Gun Maverick, which came out this year. I feel like that's a good place to start at number 10 because this is a movie that came almost 30 years after the original one. And it was just such a big moment in cinematic history this year, grossing so much money at the box office, but just the impact it's had on people getting back into the movie theater and just the impact that this movie has had bringing in all different types of movie fans. You have the older crowd, the younger crowd being exposed to this franchise and then you just have people who just want to go experience something with a lot of thrills, a lot of fun. And I think this movie just really nailed it this year. And I think that's what this movie did for a lot of people. It was reinvigorating of like those classic movie moments. And it was one of the first movies in a long time that so many people just talked about how much they loved it, how Almost everybody I know that went to go see this movie in theaters didn't have anything bad to say about it. And I also just think it would be a really nice treat to wake up to, an unexpected thing to come out of a coma and there be a Top Gun sequel and one you didn't have to wait through all the delays like we did. So at number 10, I'm going with Top Gun Maverick. At number 9, I'm going back to 2017 and I'm putting in Blade Runner 2049. This is one of the most aesthetically pleasing practical effects using and best sci-fi thriller I've seen in a very long time. It kind of took away all my feelings that I had before of Blade Runner. And I think a lot of that is due to how slick this movie looks. The cinematography in this is exquisite. And I love that they used a lot of practical effects. They actually built the sets for this movie. So it has just overall a more authentic feel. It doesn't feel like I'm watching a movie that was just manufactured in a warehouse there's just some realness to it there's some grit to it i really like ryan gosling as officer k in this i think this is the type of role that he does really well in he's really good at playing the stoic but also dominant action star and i think perfect casting with him you have ana de armas mackenzie davis and also jared leto who plays a really weird character in this movie and overall i just feel like he's a pretty weird person so a perfect casting there as well and then you also have harrison ford back from the original blade runner which came out in 1982 and i just felt like this is when this movie should have been made. Now, to make a movie like this back in the 80s was very ambitious. And I know the 80s were kind of 
obsessed with this dystopian type future and kind of predicting what everything was going to look like. So I just felt like coming out in 2017, the technology was there. So if I was curating this list for this person coming out of this coma and they were coming down off the high of Top Gun Maverick, I think that's where you slide in a movie like this because it's just so different. I feel like it's the perfect blend of sci-fi. It's the perfect blend of action and a movie I think that came out in the last 10 years that probably everybody should see. And number eight, I am already anticipating the hate I'm going to get for putting this movie on my list. But for how this movie made me feel, for what it did for the franchise and all the hype leading into this movie, there was nothing bad I felt watching this movie. It was all the negative reviews and the fandom coming out later of how much they hated this entire trilogy. But at number eight, I'm going with Star Wars, The Force Awakens from 2015. This movie felt so nostalgic to me. And I am a, what I would say, a casual Star Wars fan. I love the original trilogy. Star Wars, A New Hope is my favorite Star Wars movie. And The Force Awakens, I felt, was so nostalgic and to me, did a really great job at kind of being an ode to that movie. Out of all of the movies in the last trilogy, I felt like The Force Awakens did the best job out of capturing that original energy in that movie. And I just think you can't deny seeing Chewbacca and seeing Han Solo come back in this movie. That is a movie memory that I just haven't forgotten. There are maybe... 10 overall in my life that I just remember the moment I experienced that for the first time and seeing them come back even as a pretty casual Star Wars fan that meant something to me seeing those original characters seeing R2-D2 and C-3PO seeing Princess Leia but then also introducing a new cast of characters with Rey and Finn and then Adam Driver as Kylo Ren I just felt like this movie had a lot of heart. It had a lot of nostalgia. It has that big Star Wars energy and it played out so well on the big screen. So I think to this person waking up from this coma, they would appreciate seeing a new Star Wars movie. And I'll leave it to this coma patient to decide how they feel about it. But I just think it's such a noteworthy movie. It's one I think doesn't get the credit it deserves because there is just so much hate from the fandom. But at number eight, I'm going with Star Wars The Force Awakens. And number seven, now I think it's time for a horror movie. And I battled between two movies to put on the list here. The Conjuring from 2013 is one of my favorite horror movies, not just in the last 10 years, but probably of all time. I just love things that deal with the paranormal, things that deal with the undead. And I thought that movie did a really great job at building suspense and actually scaring me, which is very hard to do. That movie has stuck with me. But maybe it's because I've been on such a Jordan Peele kick and you're probably getting tired of me talking about Jordan Peele. But I'm going to put at number seven from 2017, Get Out, because I think this movie has horror but it also kind of transcends that. And even if you're not a fan of the horror genre, you can enjoy this movie. And I think to this coma patient who is waking up, I'm trying to curate this list, giving you things you haven't seen before. You've probably seen something similar to A Conjuring in those other years you were alive and watching movies and 
But if I was the one coming out of a coma, I think I would want something a little bit more novel, a little bit more groundbreaking and thought-provoking. Also provide me with some scares, which I think Get Out does do pretty well. Not full-on gory, violent scares, but it's a little bit more suspense and thriller. And it's a movie that I feel audiences, for the most part, really enjoyed. It also did really well with the critics and set Jordan Peele up for having the career he is having now. So at number seven, I am going with Get Out from 2017. Moving on now to number six, I think it's time for something a little bit more uplifting, a little bit more cheerful and heartwarming. I am going to go and keep it in 2017 and give you Pixar's Coco. I think this is the most important Pixar film in the last 10 years, which I kind of have this maybe rose-colored glasses when it comes to Pixar because I associate it with my childhood. I associate it so much with their early on hits. But just looking at the Pixar movies from the last 10 years, Coco is without a doubt the best one, but I don't feel like they've had another really strong stone cold hit in the last 10 years. And I just find myself generally enjoying every single Pixar movie that comes out. They don't make bad movies. Well, maybe except one on this list in the last 10 years. But I feel like in the last 10 years, they've been a little bit mediocre. Going back from 2012, they had Brave, then Monsters University, Inside Out, which I feel like is the second best. Also, probably could have qualified on this list, but Coco just beats it out. The Good Dinosaur, which was a rare flop for Pixar. And then you have Finding Dory, Cars 3, meh. Coco, which I have here on my list. The Incredibles 2, that was another good one and one that came way, way after the original. Toy Story 4, which probably didn't need to happen. And then in 2020, you had Onward, which was probably the weakest aside from The Good Dinosaur, a movie I was expecting to like a lot more than I did. And then you have Soul, which they kind of got away from making movies for kids. Luca, which was good, but I don't feel like we'll really care about that movie in 10 years. Turning Red, which was a bright spot this year, and I feel like it kind of got screwed over just being put on Disney+. Plus. That movie should have had a full theater release. And then you have Lightyear. So just looking at all those movies, combining them all together, it looks like, yeah, a bunch of great Pixar movies. But when you kind of pick apart one by one, none of those are really that long lasting. I feel like we associate Pixar a lot more with the early 2000s. But out of that list, Coco was a movie that maybe it was because it had Mexican heritage in it and I saw a lot of my family, I saw my culture represented in a Pixar movie. It had music, it had imagery from the Day of the Dead, but also just really built some of the funnest and most unique Pixar characters in a very long time. And even though, yes, it was speaking to somebody who is from my culture as a Mexican-American, but I think it also just transcended that and just provided a really good story. So I think if this person was waking up out of a coma, they need to see Coco. They need to have those feelings. They need to feel those emotions. Maybe they need to cry a little, get it all out of their system because it's been just built up there for so long. So I think if there was one Pixar movie, because I needed one on my list, I will easily go with Coco from 2017. Now we've made it to the top five. So going back to this original question from At My Father Hates Me, the five movies I would recommend to this person 
who just came out of a 10-year coma, and we are looking into 2022, and I'm putting The Batman at number five. I was talking earlier about movie moments that I have experienced in the last 10 years that have just become a part of me, a part of me that I just remember and have kind of stored in my brain as these are moments that something like, you know, when you learn something, there's a wrinkle that is created in your brain. I have that with movies. And the Batman provided me with another movie moment this year. And it's that chase scene between the Batman and the Penguin and seeing the Batmobile rise from the flames And it's just the most heroic part out of that entire movie where the penguin thinks he's getting away, looks in his review mirror, and there's the Batman. That scene got me so hype that at that point in that movie, I turned to my wife and said, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And I know it was in the moment of that, but that's truly how I felt. It created this movie memory for me that I will never forget. And I want this person coming out of this 10-year coma to experience that. And that was also a movie that I didn't realize not everybody was going to love. I had this feeling of like, everybody's going to love this. It's going to make so much money be number one. And I can't see it any other way. And it felt like, It wasn't as well received, and I still find that mind-blowing. I feel like that was the perfect movie. It was taking Batman unlike we've seen him ever. Uh, Maybe a little bit like The Dark Knight, but it was just so re-inviting to the franchise and created something different, and it had a reason to be made. And I loved it so much that I find it crazy that people didn't love it as much as I did, that people had problems with it. But I still think to this person coming out of this 10-year coma, they have to experience that movie moment. So I'm putting the Batman at number five. At number four, I haven't put a Marvel movie on this list yet. And it's hard to do because there are so many Marvel movies that came out in the last 10 years. Basically, the entire phase like leading up to Endgame. So what do you put on here? Do you put... The original Avengers from 2012, do you put a solo movie so this person waking up doesn't have to watch every other movie to get it? Or do you go with the biggest and the best? And in my heart, I wanted to go with the Avengers from 2012, which is the one that really kicked off what Marvel came to be. But again, I'm thinking about movie moments here. I'm thinking about great things in cinema. And I just couldn't not put Avengers Endgame at number four from 2019. And I get that this person is going to be a little confused. If they didn't see the first Avengers up to 2012, they've only really seen Thor, Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk. And then you also come in halfway between Infinity War, which is actually my favorite Avengers movie. But I think in this three and a half hour movie, you're going to get it. I hope you get it. I just think even without seeing all the previous movies, that moment where all the Avengers come out to help Captain America, I need you to feel that. So I needed to put this on my list. So at number four, I'm going with Endgame. At number three, we're staying in one of my favorite years of movies, 2019, and I'm going to put the most important foreign film in the last 10 years I'm going with Parasite, assuming this person waking up from this coma is American and only speaks English. We'll have to read the subtitles to understand this movie, but I think that'll provide this person with an unexpected treat. And I think now 
when I watch a movie from another country and I have to read and pay attention to subtitles, it makes me understand the context more. It allows me to not miss things that maybe sometimes I would in a normal movie because I am paying attention to not only every single sentence that is read of dialogue, but sometimes down to the word and you kind of see a script on the screen and it makes a little bit more sense of how important every word in a movie is, which is something you don't really think about. Every word in a script should have some importance when it's a really good movie. Like that is just a sign of great writing. And I think that's what Parasite did really well. This movie shattered so many records when it came out and very much deserved the best picture award so it's one I would have to include on this list, putting it at number three. At number two, we're going to 2018. And I wasn't putting a whole lot of Marvel on this list, like I said earlier, because they are so interconnected. But this movie is a standalone movie. If you missed out on the other Spider-Man movies that happened in the last 10 years, you don't really need them. At number two, I'm going with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is personally... My favorite Spider-Man film, even though I think Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man film, I can differentiate the two in knowing that Spider-Man 2 checks off all the boxes for me more of what makes a great Spider-Man film. But I just love Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse so much because it is so different because it creates this really fun world to explore the artistic direction and the attention to detail in this movie is unreal the voice acting is top notch and i know spider-man sometimes gets criticized for having so many reincarnations like how many more spider-man films do we need how many more batman films do we need well we need as many as we can get as long as they keep reinventing themselves i'm down for all the reincarnations of any superhero but this movie did something that i really wasn't expecting it to do in being so well received among the critics which is a hard thing to do i feel like fans love this movie so much but it's often just held to such a higher standard of being a oscar nominated and an oscar winning film it won best animated feature in 2019 and is one of the spider-man movies that i've rewatched the most especially in the last 10 years so i feel really good putting this one at number two especially in this slot Coming down from a foreign film, providing you with a little bit more fun in an animated movie, and especially getting to what I'm about to put at number one. But before I get to that, some honorable mentions I want to throw out. I almost thought of putting everything everywhere all at once from this year. I thought of throwing a musical from 2017, La La Land. Baby Driver was another great movie in 2017. Really close to making it was also The Suicide Squad, which I really enjoyed Another great movie from DC. Wolf of Wall Street almost made the list. I debated on Uncut Gems, Ready Player One. And Black Panther is probably one that, if it wouldn't have been for Top Gun coming out this year, I would have put yet another Marvel movie towards the bottom of my list. I do have some picks from listeners. Justin Words tweeted me, and his five movies are Joker from 2019, which I rewatched recently, and that movie is a pretty big bummer. And I just thought for this person coming out of this coma, I couldn't do that to him. He also has Train to Busan from 2017, a great zombie movie. 
Dave made a maze from 2016, crushed the skull from 2015, and Coco at 2017, make Justin's list. And then Robert Herrick on Facebook just came at me with the Marvel movies, putting the Avengers from 2012, and then Age of Ultron, Black Panther, Infinity War, and Endgame all on his list, which I could have easily done, but I didn't want to bombard this person with just, hey, here are the great Marvel movies I love, watch these. But thank you, Justin and Robert, for your five movie pick submissions. And now we've made it to number one. And from 2014, I am going with Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. Interstellar is a movie that I've lived with now for eight years. I rewatched it earlier this year and had a new fascination with it. There are very few movies that do that for me. And I credit that to Christopher Nolan. He is so ambitious in his filmmaking of creating things that we've never seen before. And usually the first time we watch them, don't fully understand. Whether it be Inception, whether it be Tenant, which came out and a lot of people didn't really like. Maybe in another eight years, I'll fully get that one. Or even Memento back in the day. There's just something about a Christopher Nolan film that invokes a lot of thought. And Interstellar is one of the most important sci-fi movies ever made. It has all my favorite things. Timelines, wormholes, space travel, Matthew McConaughey pickup trucks, and it takes you on an emotional journey. It takes you on this sci-fi journey and raises so many questions about our existence, about life itself, about science. And I felt like there was a lot of science in this movie and a lot of pretty complex theories and concepts. And I think the reason I rewatched this movie this year because it gets referenced in Thor Love and Thunder. And it made me think about it again. And re-watching it kind of brought back all those same feelings. It even led me to do another deep dive this year and read some more theories about this movie. And what kind of a movie does that? Like, what kind of a movie could you watch back in 2014 and still be thinking about in 2022? So to this person coming out of this coma who missed out on this, I'll leave them with that movie at number one to shatter their mind and make them think about the world differently. And they'll probably watch this movie and like myself, not fully get it, maybe revisit it back and watch it again, maybe have to do a little Google search and find some theories on the movie and then get into a whole another discussion and thread of science and time and space. And that's all from a movie. So that is my number one. That has been my list. If there are any you think I should have added or should have included, hit me up at Mike Distro on Twitter or send me an email, moviemikeD at gmail.com. Thanks again to My Father Hates Me for that question. If you have a question or topic idea for an episode, hit me up too. Send them my way. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies to steal a moment for yourself before the week ahead. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. 
take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Let's get into a movie review now. I want to talk about Emily the Criminal, which stars Aubrey Plaza. You may know her from Parks and Rec. She's also been in Ingrid Goes West, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. And she is one of my favorite late night talk show guests because she is so quirky and weird and just feels very authentic and also isn't like fully in the Hollywood machine. At least it feels that way. So I find that she picks projects that mean something to her. And I'll go as far as saying that I think she is in the prime of her career right now. In this movie, she plays a character named Emily who has a staggering amount of student debt, about 70K, which is a lot. And she is trying to find a job to help her pay off that debt. But she also has a criminal history. She has some things on her record that make it very difficult to get a higher paying job. And that all kind of changes when she gets involved in this organization and involved in a bit of organized crime that has to do with buying things with stolen credit cards. We'll get into this full spoiler-free review, but here's just a little bit of the Emily the Criminal trailer. How are you? I need a real job, just to, like, pay my loans. Emily, yo, let me uh, hook you up. Monsieur driver license. In the next hour, you will make 200 cash, but you will have to do something illegal. You won't be in danger, but you will be breaking the law. Yo, you gonna pay for that? Sorry? I said, are you gonna pay for that? My God. Sorry, man. Tomorrow, you have the option to do another job, okay? What do I have to do? So what you heard in that trailer was the very start of the movie. I love that the movie opens up explaining how crippling this debt is. And I think what this movie was trying to do was in a very kind of exaggerated way show how some people deal with desperation, how some people deal with this issue in society of the unwillingness to give some people a second chance. And her character has these things on her record that she's not proud of, that every employer she goes to just can't really look past. And she has this 70K student debt that she's struggling to pay off. It keeps building more and more interest on it. And it's getting to a point that it's going to break her. She is reached a breaking point in this movie and she's also struggling with trying to land her dream job so we kind of find her struggling in every area of her life she's not living in the best situation she has even an issue with her friend who works at her dream company doing her dream job of working in design so then she stumbles upon this business to where what you heard in there was she was offered two hundred dollars to go to the store and purchase something with 
an illegal credit card. And then after coming off of that thrill, she realizes, well, if everybody else has kind of counted me out, no one's really given me a chance. I'm going now to force my own future and force my way out of this debt. And the entire movie kind of shows all the highs and lows that come with working in a business like this and follows along Emily as she goes from somebody who was down on her luck to now maybe being able to get out of her financial struggles. What I really enjoyed about this movie is it felt very authentic. It didn't have this Hollywood style approach to a movie like this, a crime thriller that felt just a little bit more authentic. It was really just the telling of a story of somebody down on their luck. A person who was unable to get their second chance from society. So it's a commentary on how we don't offer somebody like this with a criminal past a second chance. And yes, the movie is a little bit exaggerated. And I feel like if you're looking at this movie just on the plot points and picking apart the little details about it, like, yes, is 70K in student debt a lot? Yeah. That's a lot. That's enough to stress you out. And something that a lot of people in this country deal with, is that enough to drive somebody to a life of crime? Probably not. But for the sake of the movie, it provides a pretty good plot point to see how in Emily's case, yeah, that was enough to kind of push her over the edge and want to do something like this. So some of the actions of her character in this movie are a little bit exaggerated and maybe come out of nowhere. But I think that ramps up and builds to the tension in this movie that it was trying to create. It was trying to create a good thriller, so sometimes you do have to over-exaggerate things. And I think one of my favorite things that this movie does is build that tension. I think this was the most stressed I felt in a movie theater since Uncut Gems. If you've seen Uncut Gems, you remember it was a character just making bad decision after bad decision. And in your mind watching this, you're like, why are you doing that? Like, this is going to all blow up in your face. Just stop while you're ahead. That is also how I felt while watching Emily the Criminal. So it's like watching something like that unfold. And it's just beautiful and entertaining to watch in kind of a sick and twisted way. And Emily the Criminal is this character who just gets pushed to her limit. She can't take it anymore. And I think Aubrey Plaza just plays that character so well. And for somebody who's known primarily as a comedic actor, which I really don't see her as that anymore. She's kind of shown me in her performances in Ingrid Goes West, in Black Bear, and then this movie really solidifying that is that she does have a darker side to her acting abilities. And there's a moment in this movie where you just kind of see her snap and I see her go into this level of acting that I've never really seen in her before. So I think she does dark roles really well. She is not only on my list of underrated actors, but also one now that I will watch any movie that she's in. There are very few actors that I just follow along to their career. Doesn't really matter what the project is they're taking on. I just know that I'm going to watch it because I'm such a fan of their work. And Aubrey Plaza is one of those actors for me. And I do think this movie is worth seeing in theaters because of that thrill that it provides. Now, this is an independent movie, had a lower budget. I think it's maybe crossed the million dollar mark at this point. So it may not be showing around you, but if it is showing at a small local theater around you, 
I had to go to my local theater to watch this movie and just found myself really enjoying the experience. So if you like, so if you are a fan of thrillers, I think this is one you will really enjoy. It's a movie that has really great pacing. I think a large part of that is due to its 90 minute runtime. I think that's the final thing I'll leave you on that I loved about this movie is it cut out all the fat that a normal movie like this may have. Like that's why I felt it was the most un-Hollywood thriller that I've seen. It just gets right to the action. And instead of providing backstory on Emily, it just showed me through her actions. You see this character grow throughout the movie that you don't need to provide any additional backstory of how she got all this debt, how she got all those things on a record, which a normal movie probably would provide and think, oh, we need to set all these things up. You just get a glimpse at her life right when this is all happening. So that probably eliminated a good 20, 30 minutes that didn't need to exist. So at 90 minutes has the perfect amount of action, the perfect amount of suspense and the perfect amount of, I can't believe this is happening. And how is she going to get out of this one? I will give Emily the Criminal easily 4.5 out of 5 credit cards. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies to steal a moment for yourself before the week ahead. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. Ah, yes it is. Today I want to talk about a new movie coming out on Apple and in theaters this fall. It's called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. And the plot of this movie sounds pretty ridiculous. And you think, ah, I can't believe they're making a movie about this. But it's actually based on a true story. It follows the real-life journey of a guy named Chicky Donahue, played by Zac Efron, who wants to support his friends fighting in the Vietnam War. So he gets this idea to do something crazy. And that crazy thing is go and deliver them American beer. Yeah, sounds completely made up. I've never heard of this story before and I've been reading about it now. And it almost feels like such a Zac Efron movie to me that I just assumed it was fictional. But knowing that this actually happened based on a true story really has my curiosity and the fact that it's coming from Apple and will be streaming on Apple TV Plus excites me also for a couple of reasons. So before I get into this full breakdown of the trailer, 
Here's just a little bit of it. I'd like to go over to Vietnam, track down all the boys in the neighborhood, and give them a beer. I could do that. Do what? Bring him beer. He's not serious. He's hammered. Look at him. The man's stone sober. That's his fifth beer, maybe. Tops. I'm going to Vietnam, and I'm bringing him beer! Yeah! Hey, Chief. No chance you have a ship heading to Vietnam. 1,700 hours. Tonight? It's not going to be easy. But I'm going to show them that this country is still behind them. You're going to get yourself killed over there. It's like you said. Everyone's doing something. I'm doing nothing. So this movie is about this guy named Chicky Donahue, a real person who wanted to give his friends fighting in Vietnam more than beer. He wanted to give them hope. So he went over, delivered them beer in the hopes that someday they would all be able to return home once the war was over. That's a great premise for a movie, even if it was fictional. But the fact that this is based on a real life person makes it that much better. And I guess why I thought it was fictional and didn't pay too much attention to the trailer when it first came out is it just kind of felt like another Zac Efron role to me. It reminded me of movies I've seen him in, like Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, Neighbors, That Awkward Moment, We Are Your Friends. Zac Efron plays a really good, overly confident, good-looking party guy. Like, that's kind of how I have him typecast sometimes. So I felt like this was just the perfect film for him. I'm not necessarily a fan of Zac Efron. I don't dislike him. I just find his movies usually have such ridiculous premises that those plot lines alone keep me from wanting to watch the movie. But when I do end up doing so, I think to myself, hey, that was actually a pretty good movie. A little dumb, yes, but it provided me with some laughs. He always just has a really good on-screen energy that makes it entertaining and makes me want to watch. And in my head, I just hold him to be like a higher level actor. But just looking at some of the movies he's been in, I don't know why I have that respect for him. (laughs) Not that he's really earned it, especially after seeing him in Baywatch, which is a movie that I didn't walk out on, but I started to stream it and couldn't finish it. So that is kind of the level of actor I have Zac Efron down as. He really crushed it in the 2010s playing characters like this. But I feel like watching this trailer, it does have that fun element to it. But I think he has a chance to show a little bit more of his acting abilities. Maybe he's really leaning now into his 30s, which he is 34 now, but could probably still play a college frat boy if he really wanted to. But I feel like this movie has a little bit more of an emotional side that we kind of heard in the trailer there. He plays a guy who feels like he's not really doing anything with his life. All his friends are over fighting in a war. Their lives mean something. And to him, he feels like he's not doing anything. So he thinks that Delivering them beer, as ridiculous as it sounds, will provide them with some hope. And it's the one thing that he can do to have something significant and do something positive in his life. Acting alongside Zac Efron in this movie, you have Russell Crowe. Bill Murray, who you actually heard in that trailer, but he had an unrecognizable accent playing a bartender. So three pretty well-known actors. And this will be coming out on Apple TV Plus and in theaters on September 30th. And I think that's an important thing too. I keep bringing up Apple TV Plus as kind of being the underdog when it comes to movies or content in general. And where they really excel at is getting high profile actors to do movies on their streaming service. Bill Murray, he's already done a couple movies over on Apple TV Plus. 
They have movies with Tom Hanks. And I just feel like even though they don't have the quantity of content over there, when it comes to their movies, they have the name recognition, but they also have really unique stories and also just really visually appealing movies. And I know that's a weird thing to really be invested in in a streaming service. But when you watch a show or movie on Apple TV+, Plus. It looks stunning. I feel like they just have a higher quality standard when it comes to the cameras they use. The colors are that much more rich. I know I'm really kind of geeking out here, but they look more stunning than anything on Netflix, Hulu, or HBO Max. So I feel like where they really take pride in is providing us with really crisp, beautiful looking films, beautiful looking TV shows. And that means something to me especially in 2022, where as much as our technology has advanced, quality has kind of gone out the window a little bit. We're kind of fine and used to like Zoom quality calls, used to just iPhone footage on TikTok. It just means something a little bit more, at least to me, when the art of the cinematography, the art of the quality is shown to be a priority. And I get that on Apple TV Plus. And I feel like they're looking out for us there. Now they just need like a really solid hit all around to really kind of solidify them in the game. Will this one be it? Probably not, but I think it looks like a pretty good bright spot for them. I did watch a movie on there recently called Cha-Cha Real Smooth with Dakota Johnson. Kind of the same deal. Felt like a high profile actor in a really crisp film. So if you're looking for one to watch now over there, I recommend that one, and that is a bonus movie recommendation here inside the trailer park. But again, the greatest beer run ever comes out on September 30th in theaters and streaming on Apple TV+. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that's going to do it for another episode here of the podcast. But before I go, every single week, I give my listener shout out to one of you who tweets me, sends me a DM on Instagram. Or shoots me an email, moviemikeD at gmail.com. If you ever forget any of that or just want to click a link, just scroll down into the episode notes of this podcast and you can get it there. But today I am shouting out Connor, whose mom, Danny, tweeted me a screenshot of a text message. And Connor wrote in his text message to his mom, If you want to watch Thor without watching it, listen to Movie Mike's spoiler review. It's a perfect take. That is the best screenshot I've ever seen of a text message. So I appreciate you listening, Connor. And you did a couple things there. You gave a unsolicited recommendation to a podcast, which I love. Anytime anybody shares this with a friend or family member, or in this case, your mom, I love that. Also that you're recommending a spoiler episode. But I would also say at the start of those that if you didn't have any plans on watching this movie and enjoy having a movie spoiled, Those episodes are great for you too. So be like Connor and recommend that to those people in your life. Essentially, the spoiler episodes are saving you the 12 or 14 bucks at the movies. So shout out this week goes to Connor who listens on his bus ride to school. Have a great school year. You know what will ensure that you have a great school year? Listening to every episode of the podcast. Thank you all for listening this week and I will talk to you next time here on the podcast. And until then... Go out and watch good movies, and I will talk to you later. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 